South Africa is facing a water crisis, increasing demand and diminishing supply of water. Coupled with failing infrastructure and load shedding has led to many citizens exploring solutions to reduce their reliance on water utilities. With so many options out there, from boreholes to water storage tanks, it can be difficult to know where to start. Welcome to In Conversation, an Investec-focused radio essay podcast series that offers you insights into a wide range of topics that will empower you to create, manage, grow, and preserve your wealth. Today's episode is the third of a three-part series focused on empowering solutions for sustainable living. Let's listen in now to a discussion between Melanie Humphreys, Head of Investec Sustainable Solutions at Investec Private Banking, and water expert Pierre Lindbergh, who will share important considerations, practical insights, and sustainable water solutions with us. I'm Melanie Humphreys, Head of Investec Sustainable Solutions. We invited water expert Pierre Lundberg to share his important considerations, practical insights, and the available sustainable solutions with us. For the past eight years, Pierre has been actively involved in the water business, with a primary focus on water for homes, institutions, and small businesses. Welcome, Pierre, and let's start the conversation. Thank you. To start, can you give us an overview of the current situation of our water infrastructure in South Africa and what your view is on what the next year holds? So let's talk about our infrastructure. The current state of our infrastructure, it's overloaded, it's not well maintained, and the appropriate uh, people who are supposed to be maintaining it are not doing what they are supposed to do. The accountability has been lost. And what does this lead to? It leads to unplanned and planned outages, lasting from short to longer periods. Most times when the water comes back on, there's a lot of sediment flowing down it. And also they tend to overcharge the chlorine into the system. So many areas in the municipalities are having problems with the quality of water, not only from a delivery point of view, but also from a quality point of view. Also, the aging infrastructure is causing a lot of sedimentation to flow through the systems. And this is what's being picked up in your homes and in your taps. So what is this doing? It's forcing us to think differently about the security of water the security of supply, and the quality thereof. And this is leading to alternative solutions that people are now considering. And if you look at it, it's leading to a proliferation of water backup solutions on municipal water, borehole solutions, rainwater harvesting, grey water solutions, and various blended type of solutions. There, just listening to the news over the last, over the last while, uh, how important is it to come up with a solution for water? What is the cost of doing nothing? I think that uh, for the majority of people, it's becoming more and more of a critical necessity to think about what am I going to do to look after myself? So if you go back to the constitution, it says that everybody in the country should have access to quality potable water. And because of the challenges that we are faced with, it is now becoming the duty of care of homeowners, business owners, and the heads of institution to ensure quality and access of water. 
And uh, to a large extent, we cannot become independent off the grid as there are too many compounding factors. Legislation, access to and quality of water, and largely the relationship between electricity and the ability to move water. We therefore need to think of solutions that will facilitate our needs and always have backout capabilities to ensure security of supply, boreholes run dry, load shedding impacts pumps, pumps break, systems be needed to take out of commission for maintenance. So these are all things that need to be considered when considering backup solutions. So let's understand what are the typical solutions that we have. Municipal backup solution, where we have municipal water feeding into a tank, a pump, preferably a variable speed drive pump, pushing the water on demand through a filtration system into the point of use or into the house. Secondly, borehole water into the house. Prior to actually putting borehole water into the house, it needs to be tested. And based on those tests, the appropriate solution needs to be in place to ensure that we are getting SANS 241 quality water into the house. A lot of people are thinking about grey water harvesting. Grey water harvesting, in my opinion, is purely a supplementary water source, primarily used for irrigation and toilet solutions in the house. And toilet solutions in the house obviously need retrofitting, but we also need to have a backout and a backup plan for that. Rainwater harvesting. Rainwater harvesting is a complicated issue. Firstly, rainwater without any treatment may not be used as potable water. Rainwater is also acidic and uh, if not treated, will cause corrosion in piping. And even if you are not treating the water, but you're filtering it, it will make the water non-potable because of the metals that are now being ingested by, by ourselves. And then lastly, what's coming into play are atmospheric water generators. And this is a whole new ball game. However, they need immense amount of power for the condensers so that the condensation process can generate the water, which then becomes filtered. So those are the typical solutions that people are looking at. People are looking at. Thanks, Perrin. So um, I heard you speak about water safety and security, um, but also very importantly, the quality of water. And so as an individual homeowner, where do I even start? And how much does all of this cost? So when you are looking at um, to find an appropriate solution, the first thing you should be thinking of is define your need and your volume that you need in your home and planning for 200 liters per person per day. Five people in the house. That sounds like a lot, a day, is it? A thousand liters a day. However, that's the planning requirement. We should be thinking differently about water and we should be changing our behavior with respect to water. And I'll come to that at the end of, of our discussion. But we also need to understand the regulatory bylaws with respect to different solutions that we need to put into place. And it's important that you, as the homeowner, and secondly, that your service provider knows and understands what he can and cannot do. 
You need to understand the costs of the solutions, capital and ongoing maintenance. And based on that, do your own business case. So let's look at the typical costs and maintenance uh, of these solutions. A municipal backup solution can cost you anything from 35 to 50,000 if done correctly. Mm. Your maintenance cost is about 2,000 rand per annum, mm. and that's changing your filters. Mm. And what, what, what are the, the elements that go into that municipal mainly, backup mainly, solution? Mainly you want sediment filtration, yeah. removal of the chlorine, and a polishing component. So your, Thanks. your three, three uh, filters, uh, and if you want disinfectant on, you put in a UV light or a disinfectant, and obviously you must have your pump. Um, your borehole solution will include drilling, infrastructure, yield and quality test, filtration and treatment. And that's going to cost you from 150,000 to 250,000, depending on the nature of the water. Your maintenance, also depending on the type of solution that you have, is going to cost you around 400 to 1,800 rand per month. Rainwater harvesting is dependent on what you want to do and how much you want to harvest. So it's dependent on the number of tanks and the use thereof, but take into consideration that you're going to have to filter and treat that water before it can be used from a potable point of view. And then the last one that I want to just add in is using pool water as a supplementary backup. We will continue this discussion shortly, but first we'd like to take a moment to tell you about Investec Private Banking's sustainable solutions we offer finance and access to selected partners to help you fund a complete water solution for your home or your business, from storage tanks to rainwater harvesting and filtration systems. Find out more at investtech.com forward slash sustainable solutions. Now let's get back to the conversation. Pia, water sounds complicated. Where do I start to test the water quality in my borehole or in terms of my rainwater harvesting? It's very simple. From a borehole, you want to test it as close to source as possible. And what you need to do is you need to take samples that need to be submitted to a SANAS approved lab. Um, they will run the tests and they look at all the uh, determinants of the water and they must look at the microbiologicals of the water. Normally it takes about seven to 10 days to get your test result back. And average cost is about 3000 Rand for a water test. If you want to, from a municipal water, there are people that want to have their water tested. Uh, and what do they normally want to test it for? They want to test it for the microbiologicals, especially now uh, in the scenario where we've been exposed to, people want to understand, is my water safe? Municipal water is generally safe, but you've got to make sure of your microbiologicals, your E. coli's and your coliforms. Uh, rainwater harvesting, if you want to test it, run it through the full SANAS test because you want to understand what you need to do with it. The key things that you need to understand on your rainwater are your corrosivity indicators, your microbiologicals and your metals. Those are key things that you need to understand in there because those are the elements that need to be either filtered or treated. 
And then just to give you a bit of an understanding of some of the lessons that we've learned over the years where we've been assisting people with solutions. If you look at municipal backup solutions, many people are of the opinion that you can put water into a tank and leave it standing there. And then when you have an outage, you go and switch it into the house. That water is not good. Uh, it will start having uh, different bacteria and even Legionnaire's disease in it if it stands for long enough. So the principle about a backup solution is to get the circulation of the water going. So as the water gets used, so it comes into the tank. Um, what you also got to do is ensure that your total ring main is covered by your backup solution. Many houses have different uh, setups on their piping and uh, it needs to ensure that you need to cover all the pipes that are going into the house because you don't want to have a section of the house excluded from the backup solution. It could become expensive, especially if there are geysers on that ring main and they don't get water during an outage, you could lose your geysers. Also, if you are going to have water in the house and you're going to run it off a pump, it's preferable to have a variable speed drive pump so that you get a common flow at a set pressure in the house, no matter how many taps are open. You must have a bypass solution because of power outages and also for maintenance. So it's a simple solution where I can just switch back straight into the municipal and bypass the whole backup solution. It is recommended that if you are going to put in a backup solution, put filtration in and include sanitation in your filtration. Because remember one thing, all the tanks that majority of people are putting in are not secure. They're not sterilized tanks. They may be safe, but there are always gaps for little insects to get through. Also ensure that your pump requirements when combining solar solutions with your municipal backup solution for water, ensure that there's compatibility with your pump and your solar solution. You don't want a situation where early in the morning your batteries have run dry or getting close to going out of power that you don't have enough power in them to kick the pump. And then what's very important is you must do the maintenance on the solution. And the last thing, make sure you get a certificate of compliance for the solution. So that's on the backup solution. On the boil solutions, once the hole has been drilled, make sure you get the yield because you need to understand what is the recharge rate? What can I draw from the borehole over a period? You need to get the water quality test done, and that's normally done by the laboratory, as we discussed further. If you're going to run irrigation and your home off your borehole, then normally it's good practice to run your irrigation first before you go through treatment because you don't want to spend the money on treating the water that you're going to be using in your garden. So. You need test at source, so I understand what I need to do to treat the water. Secondly, you should test post your filtration to ensure that I am getting SANS 241 water and that the system is working properly. And the next thing on that is a minimum of an annual test on your borehole to ensure 
because the determinants change if there are any changes to ensure that your treatment train is adapted to manage that change. You always also need to have a backout solution on your borehole solutions. So if you have pumps going out or you have a borehole run dry or any problem with your borehole system, you need to back it out with your municipal water. And then on your borehole solution, even more important than municipal solution is ensure you get the maintenance done. So there are specific things that you need to get done on an annual basis, on a monthly basis, and on a six-monthly basis. Make sure that they get done properly. And once again, ensure you get a certificate of compliance because remember, you have now got a mix between power and plumbing. So plumbing requires a COC, power requires a COC. Get your COCs in place. And then there's a point that I wanted to make. If you do not have the capability from a financial point of view or from a legislative point of view or purely from exactly where you stay in that you may not put in solutions at a, if you are in a rental or in a complex, then seriously consider putting in a point of use filtration system into your house just to ensure that you are getting good quality water in the house. You know, there's a lot of people that are out there going to buy water at water shops and they are spending one rand twenty to one rand fifty a liter. And if you look at that amount of money that is being spent there and you put in a filtration system that's going to give you a year and you put in a system for two and a half thousand rand, it's costing you 25 cents a liter and you've got a sustainable solution in your house. My question is always, when you go and look at the water shops, are you sure they are maintaining their systems? <laughs> it's just a question. That's a really, really good tip. So go and, go and buy yourself a yeah. filtration system and, and save on your, on your yeah. water, your bottled water. Exactly, exactly. Um, talk a lot about sustainability in the context of backup systems, uh, boreholes, rainwater filtration systems. How about sustainability in the context of using less? I think uh, to a large extent, we need to rethink our gardens. Many of us have got exotic gardens that are water intensive. And uh, whether you're using borehole water or municipal water on your garden, it is water intensive. And then there's a couple of tips that I say to a lot of people, if you are using backup solutions and you know that you are now in a water outage, from a simplistic point of view, on the toilet, if it's mellow, it's yellow. If it's brown, it's down. Two-minute showers. No bathing. Don't run the tap while you are brushing your teeth. Don't run the tap while you are shaving. And then the last one that I say to a lot of people is consider dishwasher in your home. It is far more effective uh, for washing your dishes and also it is far more uh, healthy. That is great news. How about the energy usage of a, of a dishwasher? I don't think it's that much that it's going to have a negative impact on whether it's your solar. I mean, I listen 
to people at their houses when you're just running a generator. When you put the kettle on, the draw on the generator is far more than when you just put your dishwasher on. So get yourself a dishwasher, get yes. yourself a filtration system. Yeah, and maybe for some of the guys, they will enjoy that. <laughs> but lastly, you know, I just wanted to say maybe my little hashtag, think water. Mm. When showering, when bathing, when washing, when brushing your teeth, when shaving. Pia, you spoke about the fact that I need to be mindful of getting a certificate of compliance when I've put in a water system. What insurance requirements do I need to keep in mind? I think you must keep in mind, firstly, that all of a sudden you've got a, a huge storage of water on your property. Um, and if you get a runaway on the storage, you could be in for some flooding. So make sure that that's in place. The other thing that you've got to make sure of is try and keep children away from your water treatment plants. They are normally outside. Try and either get them boxed up or fenced away and make sure that your tank covers are sealed so with screws. And now we're talking about safety, which is also for me an insurance thing. Um, and those are typical things that you need to make sure of. And also, you need to ensure that your pumps and valves and leaks are continuously monitored. If you get a leak, your pump will tell you if you have a variable speed drive pump, it will continuously come on. So manage those leaks in your house and understand what's going on in your house with respect to your water. And understand very carefully, once you are settled with a solar and a water solution, make sure you understand how everything works. And one thing that I will say with respect to that, if you are a water solution provider, the guys tend to forget about their plumbers and you become the one source of contact. <laughs> so um, also understand in your house the plumbing situations that you have. So geysers, um, leaking taps, toilets that are not working properly will all cause higher cost on pumps mm -hmm. because the water will continuously start running and then your pump starts running. So these are all related to insurance and those type of things. So it's always a good thing that when you've got these solutions in place, go to your insurance company, let them do a valuation on that let them and know. let them add that in uh, for you. To your so replacement value. Not only replacement value, let's understand the risk component around got it. it. There are risk components around it. Mm. You know, one of the big risks that people don't understand is that you have to, if you, especially, specifically if you're using borehole solutions, you may not let any of that untreated borehole water backflow into your municipal system because then you are contaminating the municipal, municipal system. Water. So these are things that you just need to make sure of. And you need to make sure that your service provider understands that and is able to ensure that. And that's why the certificate of compliance is so important and let your insurance know. Yes. How do you then weigh up an individual solution versus the potential benefits of scale? And in your mind, what would be ideal to work towards? Look, I mean, if you can get a body corporate to do a solution, it works out in the long term, it works out on, at far more cost effective. However, all the things need to be in place. Everything we've just spoken about. Everything we've just spoken about. You need to have your testing done. 
You need to have your system in place. You need to have your maintenance in place. And all of those then become the accountability of the body corporate. If you as an individual are doing it, uh, it's a different thing. You need to ensure all those things are in place. But it goes about uh, fit for purpose. If you just use boreholes in a complex and you're not getting enough yield to be able to service the demand, it's not going to work. I'll give you an example. Um, we're currently working on a situation in Port Elizabeth where we've got a borehole in. We're needing uh, 30,000 liters a day. The borehole is going to give us 400 liters an hour. We drilled to 120 meters. We've canned it because it's not going to provide what mm. we need. Mm. Mm. So we are adapting the solution with respect to that. And those are the types of things that you need to do. And remember, the minute you go down with borehole, you're not guaranteed that you're going to get your, the value back. The water is not guaranteed down there. So you, you might get water, but you might not get the volume you need. So it, these are things that need to be considered. Pierre, thank you so much for all your insights. Uh, some of the practical tips that you've shared with us, it's certainly given us a starting point. Thank you. No, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to In Conversation on Investec Focus Radio SA. To make sure you don't miss an episode, follow Investec Focus Radio SA wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, please take a moment to rate us on your podcast platform.